we're joined now by Sean Salisbury from uh, Sports Talk 790 down in Houston. Sean, good morning. Thanks for the time. Let's uh, dive into the Astros, man. This is one red-hot baseball team right now. Yeah, and probably much to people in Houston chagrin, the most hated sports franchise in, in sports right now because they are the villain after what went on. But you know what? At some point, they themselves, if nobody else does, have to put And they made their bed. They got sleep in it. And they have. And, you know, without fans in the stands for the most part, they've, they've had it. I don't want to say that COVID's been easy on anybody, but what they would have went through if 35 or 40,000 were in the stands. But they catch, you know, they catch hell on social media. But what happened is for their stars have not been hitting all year. And finally, Springer and Bregman and Altuve and Correa, it's postseason. They seem to that, that swagger. They don't feed off the pitching in postseason now like they did with Cole and Verlander. It's when they're scoring runs, their swagger and their chest sticks out a little farther, and they the bats are alive and well, and the ball's flying out of the park. And Springer is a great postseason player, and they're getting unbelievable pitching from young guys like you know Framber Valdez, whose stuff finally has come to fruition, and Christian Javier and Arquidi will start Game Three. It's been phenomenal for a bunch of young pitchers that some of them weren't supposed to be playing in the major leagues this year and the bats are starting to light up and when they do the Astros swagger kicks in and they're a dangerous team because their lineup is exhausting for starting pitching when you're going through it you don't get to breathe the sigh anywhere so yeah then now while they've still got a ways to go they clinch today and get some rest and wait on the Yankees and Tampa series but it is a they know they're not very well liked right now, and they are set out to prove something because they do have something to prove after what they've been through, and they're playing well right now. Sean, I appreciate your well-roundedness and talking a little baseball with us. Now let's get into your passion, what you love to do, what you've done your whole life. Obviously, you're a heck of an NFL quarterback and did a great job when you shifted gears, went to ESPN and, and all the things that you've accomplished. Let's, let's talk football, and, and you, you know it's my passion. What's what is going on down there with the the upper echelon of the Texans? What's I mean, one minute it's 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 Cal's decision. One minute uh, Bill O'Brien ran out, pretty much ran out Rick Smith. Then he got rid of Brian Gain. Uh, where do you see this franchise going in the direction that that McNair might go to take you know to take this thing to the next level? Well, I think they're headed in the direction that most of us aren't prepared for or, or, or don't want to see. And when when Jack Easterby, who's a, got a Patriot background, and Bill O'Brien brought Easterby in, they both, you know, got together and ran Brian Gain out. And the same things that made them smirk and smile, I guess, are the same things that are going to make them cry, or at least Bill O'Brien, because now it's almost as if Jack Easterby said, well, I don't like what's going on. We've made some bad trades. Maybe I got Cal McNair's ear because Cal's not a – I've said for a long time, when is Cal going to grow a set? And we're going to hear from Cal McNair making decisions on why give so much power to Bill O'Brien. And we all thought Bill not only had the ear, but told Cal McNair what to do, not asked him. Well, apparently – and I asked Ian Rappaport this today, Stretch. I said, did Jack Easterby stab Bill O'Brien in the back? for this job. He hesitated, pregnant pause, and came up with an answer. He said, I don't want I, I, I don't I don't know. He said, but basically when I read between the lines, there's stuff out that there the power struggle's real, that Jack Easterby now got the year of Cal McNair and that but he's gonna stay there 
in that position of power, and he ran Bill O'Brien out. Now, we may never hear the entire story, but the power struggle, the disagreement with what some of the things that have gone on, and while they both ran Brian Gain out, the same guy that brought Jack Easterby in is the same guy now that somehow made his way up the hallway and has Cal McNair's ear. And I don't think Cal is, is uh, well, I don't know if pushy is the right word or micro enough. I think he wants to hand it to somebody. And in that struggle with an 0-4 start and some of the trades have been made, it was the old I confess, at least this is how we look at it, I confess it's Bill O'Brien's fault. Bill's out and Jack Easterby's got the And I asked Ian the same thing. I said, will Jack Easterby in 2021 have the most power in this organization? He unequivocally said yes. Well, and, and that, that, so that speaks volumes about what's going on there. Sean, talk, talk to us a little bit about his background. I, I, this is a guy, it seems like one minute he's in player programs. Is he, is he a capologist? Yeah, he came out of New England, but nobody really knows what Jack Easterby's background is. What is his real background? Stretch, we're asking the same thing. We were asking the same thing. Well, what were what qualifications to come here and, and be handed this job? And then all of a sudden, what, is he going to be the president of football operations who hires a GM that is just a GM by, by title, bringing in somebody else that's in his, you know, New England Patriots, you know, down that, that, that highway? Um, is he a guy who's an expert in capology? Is he a, a talent evaluator? Now, you, there, there's, two, there's not a lot in between on Jack Easterby. There is the school of thought that, you know, the people who are in his corner hold him in high regard. Now, hold him in high regard. Now, does that mean they think he's a great football guy? People seem to like him that are in his corner. I don't know him from Adam other than what I read and what I see of the football side. I'm sure he's a good guy, but we're talking about football now. And then there's the other side that thinks he's an agenda-filled guy, that he's, he's looking to take the step after step after step. So has he gone and changed the franchise around? No. Has he ever led a franchise? No. Has he ever been the, the lead dog that scouted talent and made trades and done it all by himself? Absolutely not. But now with the trade deadline coming on an 0-4 team where they've traded away all their draft picks and wondering, now that Bill O'Brien's not there for those two to battle each other, the question remains is, so if you turn it over to Jack Easterby now, do you head down the, okay, now we're going to go get another guy, Nick Casario in New England, and we're, I'm still going to make the decisions, and then we're going to hire Josh McDaniels as the new head coach. Most people think that that's kind of the path, but Stretch, we're asking the same thing. What what qualifies? I know he's been around good people, but is this franchise in the best hands going forward? And the majority of people in this town that I've talked to don't think so. Nationally, they tread a little lightly, but there's two schools of thought. The people that like him and the people that don't, there's no in-between. Well, and, and here, 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 here'll be my final thought here on this, Sean. And, and, and I know, again, I go to your – I go to your football background. You've been you've been around a lot of coaches. I mean, a guy that played in the CFL, a guy that made his way to the NFL, a guy that's played in the NFL, understands offenses, defenses, schemes, uh, coaches, all, all of those things. The one thing I go back to is all of these New England guys point to me one of them, whether it's Charlie Weiss, Romeo Crennel, Josh McDaniels, uh, uh, well, I mean, we could go on and on here. Eric Mangini, all, have any of them done anything outside of New England? And what would lead you to believe that that's the right direction to go, that you just take your pen and say, boy, let's, fill, let, let's pencil in this cat, and he's going to come in here and get it done like they do in New England? I wouldn't do it, Stretch. I, I, now, listen, I, there's no argument with me. Belichick's the best in the business, and very few guys have an eye for talent 
can coach it, make adjustments, all the things that great coaches and personnel people do. Belichick was blessed with the, 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 the Pat Mahomes ability, the Tom Brady pocket presence, the Troy Aikman toughness, all in one when it comes to coaching and, and front office. So there's one of them. I, I wouldn't do it, Stretch, because, no, the, I'll tell you what, you just named a whole bunch of Romeo, Romeo, Cornell, all those guys. You named a whole bunch of great assistants and coordinators. They're, they're awesome. I'd be, hey, if I want look, – look what Josh McDaniels has done with Cam Newton after losing Brady. That's great. The problem is, can they, can they lead men and can we win? Now, Brian Flores, I'm going to give him a chance to see, as he seems to be a guy that stepped out of – I like a little bit of what Belichick, but I'm going to do some of the stuff I do. And I'm willing to give him a chance just like I would anybody. But – I also think that we get caught up in this, that everybody's like Bill. And no, one of these things is is much different than the others because I think it also speaks to the heavy hand and how good Bill Belichick actually is. Because when they leave there, number one is they're going to a bad team. They all try to add this abrasive toughness. There's very few that can get away from it the way Matt Patricia, they don't endear themselves. Not that you have to kiss anybody's rear end. But there's a way to do it. And Bill's done it his way for a long time. And these guys just can't right now. Now, maybe some a second chance when they get it that they'll have the opportunity that it'll turn around like Belichick when he got his second chance. But for me, Stretch, I'd go in a completely different direction. I, I don't trust that tree right now. I trust an Andy Reid tree. I trust some new guys that may deserve an opportunity. I don't only trust it as a coach. I don't, I, I'm not real sure I like it as a front office because Belichick's hand has been with New England, and those guys that leave, they always either come back or they're never quite as successful in the front office either without him, even though John Robinson's doing a good job in Tennessee. Belichick's got his hand in it, but it's the coaching thing that concerns me. And I'll tell you what I need as a GM. I need a guy who's played it, that understands it, that's been around personnel, that's watched it, that studies it, that's a grinder, but also knows people. There's guys out there um, that, that, that maybe not be people are talking about but there's a couple of them, and one right down the interstate from, from you guys and from me that I'd like. But I've been saying for two years in war number eight in Dallas because I think that'd be great. I'd love that one. But you know what? We'll see if that happens. And there's some other guys, assistant in Kansas City, assistant in Indianapolis. But I, I'm, I'm ready for somebody to step outside and say the New England Patriots way is not the only way. There's other people that are doing it just as well or better. Well, and I, listen, I, I appreciate you jumping on with us, Sean. I appreciate your passion. I appreciate your love for football. And, and I know you do a great job down there on, on, uh, on the Sports Talk uh, 790 in Houston. Thanks a lot for jumping on with us, brother. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. You got me rolling. I appreciate it.